This is Damon Udicek, and this is the Ideal Money Life Podcast. This is my journey to build a business from zero to $1 million in 12 months. I'm going to experience a lot in the next 12 months. I'm super excited about the journey. I can't wait to share my failures, my successes, and everything in between. All right, let's do this. Good morning. This is Damon, and and I am off to start work. Now, I've got a pretty busy day set up today. First, I wanted to talk about a little practice that I started a couple, I want to say about a month or two ago. And it came out of this pretty profound experience I had of being grateful. Like everyone, I've got been through my ups and downs, and, and some of those downs have ended up being more traumatic than others. And sometimes I've held on to those, those traumas partly because I was comfortable with them. A couple of years ago, I, I went through a, a period where I was very grateful for a lot of stuff. And, and what I found was through this gratitude that I was experiencing, uh, one, it felt amazing. Uh, it's probably one of the most amazing feelings I've had. And two, it started to heal a number of those traumas that had been entrenched in my life for, for many, many years. And so it healed me. And so for, for me, when I think of gratitude, I think of healing. And one of the things I, I started doing is the first thing I do in the morning is I'll say I'm grateful. And, and in fact, I say it a hundred times. So I, I'm sitting there laying in bed. And part of that's just because it's comfortable in bed. I've got uh, my nice weighted blanket on top of me. So I'm nice and cozy and everything. And I just sit there and I say, one, I'm thankful. Two, I'm thankful. Three, I'm thankful. Four, I'm thankful. Five, I'm thankful. Six, I'm thankful. Seven, I'm thankful. Eight, I'm thankful. Nine, I'm thankful. Ten, I'm thankful. Eleven, I'm thankful. Twelve, I'm thankful. Thirteen, I'm thankful. Fourteen, I'm thankful. Fifteen, I'm thankful. Sixteen, I'm thankful. Seventeen, I'm thankful. Eighteen, I'm thankful. Nineteen, I'm thankful. 20, I'm thankful. 21, I'm thankful. 22, I'm thankful. 23, I'm thankful. 24, I'm thankful. 25, I'm thankful. 26, I'm thankful. 27, I'm thankful. 28, I'm thankful. 29, I'm thankful. 30, I'm thankful. 31, I'm thankful. 32, I'm thankful. 33, I'm thankful. 34, I'm thankful. 35, I'm thankful. 36, I'm thankful. 37, I'm thankful. 38, I'm thankful. 39, I'm thankful. 40, I'm thankful. 41, I'm thankful. 42, I'm thankful. 43, I'm thankful. 44, I'm thankful. 45, I'm thankful. 46, I'm thankful. 47, I'm thankful. 48, I'm thankful. 49, I'm thankful. 50, I'm thankful. 51, I'm thankful. 52, I'm thankful. 53, I'm thankful. 54, I'm thankful. 55, I'm thankful. 56, I'm thankful. 57, I'm thankful. 58, I'm thankful. 59, I'm thankful. 60, I'm thankful. 61, I'm thankful. 62, I'm thankful. 63, I'm thankful. 64, I'm thankful. 65, I'm thankful. 66, I'm thankful. 67, I'm thankful. 68, I'm thankful. 69, I'm thankful. 70, I'm thankful. 71, I'm thankful. 72, I'm thankful. 73, I'm thankful. 74, I'm thankful. 75, I'm thankful. 76, I'm thankful. 77, I'm thankful. 78, I'm thankful. 79, I'm thankful. 80, I'm thankful. 
81, I'm thankful. 82, I'm thankful. 83, I'm thankful. 84, I'm thankful. 85, I'm thankful. 86, I'm thankful. 87, I'm thankful. 88, I'm thankful. 89, I'm thankful. 90, I'm thankful. 91, I'm thankful. 92, I'm thankful. 93, I'm thankful. 94, I'm thankful. 95, I'm thankful. 96, I'm thankful. 97, I'm thankful. 98, I'm thankful. 91, 99, I'm thankful. 100, I'm thankful. So that's that's as long as it takes. I just take a, a quick moment or two and say I'm thankful 100 times. And that's just a practice I'm doing to get me into a thankful mindset. Because one of, one of the things I've realized is that things happen. Everything happens. Things happen. And I don't even go... I, I almost try and, and disconnect good and bad from, from whatever is happening. Something's going to happen. And it can be good or bad depending on the context a person attaches to that, uh, specific myself. And sometimes I go through things that are very challenging, that cause me that a lot of pain and frustrating and all this stuff. What I've come to realize is that when I come to a point that is challenging, that's a period of growth for myself. And so I like to think of a little chicken uh, inside of the egg. And I think I remember hearing a story once that the, pra- the, the, the act of breaking through the shell is super important for the chick. In fact, what happens is it strengthens whatever muscles and all this other stuff for that chicken so that it is able to live. The worst thing that could happen is someone could go ahead and just crack open that shell. Then the chick would not have developed the strength to live the next phase of its life. And so that's that's one of those things that... Uh, as I've gone through a number of down periods, and I, I hate even using that down period, but I'll just use that uh, because I, I really like to disconnect uh, positive and negative from a lot of things. Just things happen. And then the question is, is how am I going to react to that? All right. So anyway, uh, so here's the things I've got on the docket today. Um, I'm uh, I'm onboarding a uh, someone to start doing some bookkeeping work for me. And this is going back to something I talked about yesterday, where I've got to get to where I'm only working in my zone of genius or my 20% activities. Now, my, now let me just reference that again. The 80-20 rule says that 20% of my activities are going to create 80% of my results. So the way for me to create, to be more productive and get better results is to only focus on the things that matter. Got it? Only focus on the things that matter. Uh, Gary Keller wrote this amazing book many, many years ago called The One Thing. And I was talking with a Profit First coach of mine, and she said she asked me a question. She said, Damon, what is the one thing that you can do that if you did it on a consistent basis would have the most the biggest impact of anything? And and that gets back down to the, the 80-20 rule. And so uh, I'm in, I'm onboarding this lady. Uh, she, she was actually a bookkeeper for one of my clients and I've actually trained her on how to do the books for this client. And she's tremendous, by far the best 
person I've ever worked with who's worked under me. And that, now granted, she wasn't working for me, but I, I've been able to see her work. I know what her work's like. I record a video for her of how to do things and she, she, she masters it. So, uh, I, I made a proposal out to her. She was really interested in learning how to do accounting more. She was thinking about going to night school. It's like, wait a second, you know, I, I'm looking to offload some of my work. Um, you know, I think you probably would benefit, benefit more from actually learning by doing, and you would get paid to do it instead of going to, going to a college class and, and working through it that way. Now that's the way I went, made my initial bones and, and accounting was going through school. And then, you know, then obviously I went through and did my apprenticeship with, with my accounting jobs. So anyway, um, I'm interviewing this, this lady today, um, looking forward to showing her at least the bone or the, the framework of how I want to work. And, uh, she'll probably be one of the most expensive, I'll probably pay her more for her work than um, I've ever paid anyone else before. But the thing is, is I know with her, I can just give her it. If uh, I'll actually have recorded videos on how to do all the different tasks. Um, and she's a person that I can hand the responsibility off of. I will, I will measure her and uh, tweak her work and all that and give her guidance. But she's been super receptive to all the feedback I've given her over the last year or so. Uh, so I suspect, suspect she's going to be uh, a great addition to my team. Uh, so that's number one. Now getting back to idea money life. So my number one job right now is marketing. That's the most important. That is my one thing that I'm doing. And specifically within my one thing of marketing, today's mission for the One Funnel LA channel is to create a, a squeeze page. So the squeeze page <laughs> so the squeeze page in my instance is uh, I'm giving away a free copy of Profit First. So I'm going to create a simple web page that'll have a picture of the Profit First book with a headline and a subheadline and a couple other texts. And the main point of this squeeze page is to get people to give me their email address. Now the the point of email is to build my list. And so one of the tasks I had out of the Profit First Professionals Mastery Meetup event that I went to back in May, one of my big goals out of that was to build my list. Uh, I've heard many, many times that your email list is your most valuable asset. And furthermore, that's where all the money is. Because the thing is, is and I wrote a, I wrote a, I wrote an email about this uh, that was that's in my my email sequences, and it, and the the heading of it was people don't trust you, and then you know so I, I was trying to use a little bit of shock and awe with that, because if someone said people don't trust you, I was like oh what are you talking about I'm a trustworthy person, um, but but the point and then I went on further and said why should they you haven't proven to people that they should trust you, and here's here's an important thing that um, I learned very early in my career because I knew that I was going to be a CPA and I was dealing with one of the most most emotionally charged topics in a person's life, their money. It, it's so personal. And, and I, I was recently talking with John Bates who did some speaker training for me. And he said, money is like your, 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 your genitals. They're super private. 
And when you go to talk to someone about your money, you are exposing everything about yourself to that person. And so that I think that's that, that is one of the most important things I learned very early on. And so when I look at someone's money, that is sacred. That is their life. That is everything that is near and dear and ugly and warts and all this other stuff. When someone talks to me about their money, they are exposing everything about themselves. And so I have to put myself in a position where I can build up trust because that trust is not given the first time I talk to something, the first time I talk to someone that that trust must be earned. And I knew that very early on. And so what I'm talking about this is when I get back to people don't trust you, you have not proven that you are trustworthy. And so I'm turning the, the, the tables on what I've been doing. Traditionally, when I've been when I first started selling profit first services, I was selling a high ticket, couple thousand dollar engagement, and it worked uh, because I built up some trust. But I realized that there was a much better way for me to approach this. The better way for me to approach this is to break out the steps so that I can build trust with people. And the I remember I had an entrepreneurship. Uh, professor in when I was in business school and he said, the first thing you want to do is get someone to buy. Because when someone buys from from you, they're going to be more likely to buy again because they will either have a good experience with you or they'll have a bad experience with you. And so furthermore, uh, what I'm doing now is I am, I've got an offer and the initial offer is they're going to get a free copy of Profit First. Uh, all they have to do is pay for shipping, you know, so, um, and part of that, so they can get skin in the game. Um, I I would be happy to give profit first, uh, to everyone. However, the, the challenge with that is people only value what they pay for. Therefore I need to get them to pay something for the book. That's all I need them to do. I just need a couple dollars. And then at that point, then they have done one thing. They have qualified themselves that they are a customer. They've become a customer because they have paid me something. All right. And then the next thing is I'm going to have a secondary offer. That secondary offer is going to give them more tools that they can use to implement profit first. And that'll be priced uh, a bit higher. Uh, and then there'll be another offer that an original one, you know, high ticket sale that I was selling in the past, that'll be a one-time offer. It'll be offered at a reduced price. I'll be continue offering that, that, um, that, that high ticket item, but it will be at least $500 in the future, uh, because I'm going to reward someone that, that takes action. And so here's the thing that's going to happen as I'm building out my squeeze page today. And so it's going to be pretty simple. It's going to be a, a uh, picture of the Profit First book. Uh, there'll be a head- headline, a subheadline, and then an email capture box. So I just want to capture their email. And that's the, that's the job for today. Uh, the other things, I've got some uh, a lot of production client work that I've got to get done. And uh, so that's going to take most of the day. The other thing that I've also got to do is I've got a blog post to write. Uh, I... Last week, I decided that I was going to write a blog post every single day. And prior to that, for the prior two months, I was writing a blog post every 
three, or actually rephrase that. I was writing a blog post three times a week. So I essentially have decided, made the decision that I'm going to more than double my writing. Uh, and so it took me a little, you know, I made the decision, I think on the 3rd of July that I was going to publish every th- day, uh, publish a blog post every day. And so it took me a couple days to get caught up for a couple reasons. One, uh, I got a little bit behind in my blog posting for when I was on my two week trip to Europe. So I had, a, I think three or four blog posts I had to get caught up. And then I, I got caught up. And then yesterday I finally got caught up with July 8th. I got that, you know, caught up. And then in the evening, I wrote my July 9th post. I also posted a a video that I recorded uh, over in um, the Netherlands during this profit conference that I went to in Dorn, uh, which is a beautiful, sweet, charming little town over there. So anyway, that's it for today. I've got a a couple of marching orders I'm going to work on. I'll work through my day. And then at the end of the day, on my ride home from work, on my drive home from work, I'll let you know what I got done. Have a great one. Good afternoon. This is Damon. I am done with my day. So the day progressed pretty well. I did not get to create my squeeze page during the workday. It ended up that um, I had a couple client meetings this morning. Uh, I also have my meeting with um, the new bookkeeper that I'm bringing on board. And we went through the process. I'm actually finding sometimes that not working ahead of a client meeting is actually the best choice to make because sometimes I'm going to make assumptions that uh, when I actually talk with the client, they ended up, if I would have done the work, it it ends up not being very useful. Uh, So in this instance with this new lady that I'm hiring for for the bookkeeping, we went over um, her pay. And in this instance, um, I was pretty confident of her work, and she'd give me an idea of what uh, what she was wanting to make on, on an hourly basis. And, you know, one of the first questions I asked her was, okay, so what's your hourly rate going to be? And so she gave me the rate, and she was actually a little bit tentative when she, she mentioned that. Um, and I, I was completely confident that uh, she was going to do a good job. I've seen her work, so... Um, it worked out pretty well that she basically determined what her value was in this situation. And uh, there won't be a, a case of I'm not getting paid enough. Um, so I, I feel pretty good about that situation. That's the first time that I've ever made a hire where I let the uh, person being hired determine the the pay rate. Uh, now, I will say this, um, the amount that she gave me was within a pay rate that I felt like was affordable. Um, And I felt like I was still going to get adequate profit margins after she did her work. Um, So I imagine at the beginning that she will be um, more expensive because she's going to be learning these new clients. It always takes, whenever someone new takes over a, a client job that I've got, then um, it always takes a little bit longer. It's an, a little bit of a learning curve, a little bit of a learning curve and onboarding process. Uh, and so we went through the process. And then the other thing that we did is, uh, I don't remember exactly how many um, bookkeeping clients I was going to have her work on, but I think it was going to be a six or seven. Uh, 
what we did is we went ahead, I went ahead and set up a Trello board for her. And each of the clients basically has a list of uh, by month of the bookkeeping work that she'll have to do. Uh, and then when she's got questions, all the questions are going to be in Trello. All the communications back and forth between her and I will be in Trello. And the other thing that's also going to be nice, too, is that uh, any documents she needs will be in, in Trello. So it's really going to be a, a really nice communication hub for us. Now, I, I mentioned a Trello just because that's the best solution I've used. There's lots of solutions out there. Uh, I personally have just found that Trello is the best for me. Um, and so any of it. The, um, the next thing that happened is I, I had a conversation with a, uh, a person at a law firm that I did a Profit First presentation with a year ago, and we talked uh, for a little bit. They'd been looking at uh, a growing law firm, and, a, and so we talked about the firm, and I was just bubbling up with all this excitement with all the you know, the growth of the business. And I, I told him, you know, I'm looking to go from zero to a million dollars and told him how I uh, transitioned the profit first work since we had met. Actually, this firm was the first firm I did a, a lunch and learn basically for a number of other attorneys there. I think there was like eight or nine people that were at that um, at that uh, lunch and learn. And I that was my first time giving a profit first presentation. And uh, I actually had run with this guy back when I was a marathon runner. He was, you know, phenomenal runner. Actually, ran a marathon under three hours, two fifties somewhere. Um, but outside of being an excellent runner, um, just a, a great individual. We we talked for right around half an hour, and uh, after that, he invited me. Um, he said, "Hey, Damon, we really need to get together so we can talk about marketing ideas." Uh, and so. You know, uh, next Thursday evening, I'll be getting together with he and his wife, his wife, and we'll be going over information. We're just going to get to collaborate a little bit further, but uh, they've they've actually done a great job growing their business. Uh, have done a lot of really good marketing stuff, and I shared some of my marketing philosophies. And he was like, "Damon, you're inspiring me," and and uh, so. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to, to catching up with him next week, and we'll see if I include that in that episode. Uh, and then uh, I got a little bit more work done. Most of the day was involved in client work, production work that I've been doing. And I, from time to time, I don't do this, I haven't been doing this as much lately. When I realized yesterday, I, I worked till about 11 in the morning. Uh, and I grabbed an apple to eat, and then I just realized that I was feeling a little bit off, um, and that uh, a lot of times what I've found is I'll, I'll go out for uh, a walk. Uh, there's a really nice greenway that I, I go to. It's in the middle of a soccer park, and I will walk one way or the other, and uh, typically what I do is I like to walk for a half hour, and so... This was, uh, I decided to go ahead and I did it yesterday and felt really good and remember some other things. It got, gave me a chance to clear my head. And then today, uh, when I went on my walk, there were a couple of items that were really kind of bothering me. And I'd read a book recently 
that um, really gave a philosophy that when you've got something that makes you uncomfortable, the best thing to do is to really own that feeling, intensify that feeling, uh, because you're fi- because you're feeling those uncomfortable feelings for a reason, and you need to really own that feeling. And I know this is woo woo, uh, but but it, it, it reminded me of a meditation class I took uh, a number of years ago, where the the instructor said, a lot of times we'll have uh, what we call negative emotions come, and it, as what happens a lot of times is we don't want to deal with those emotions, so we'll will get out of that state. Uh, sometimes the best thing she said is pretend like you're riding a wave. Like you need, sometimes you just need to ride the wave, feel those emotions, and uh, and ride the wave the whole time. So that's what I did. And and after the, that that I you know said okay it's over with. So it made me feel a little bit better. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but it's one of those practices uh, that I like to do. And it reminds me a lot of, you know, dealing with fear, that a lot of times fear has some basis, but unless there's a, a mortal danger associated with fear, really it's fear of getting out of the comfort zone. Uh, and so I, I, I tend to find a lot of those emotions interact that. Well, the one thing that was kind of funny, though, is when I was walking uh, during my, my lunchtime walk, I, I looked at my watch and I've got a, a date marker on my watch. So every day I can tell what the what day of the, the month it is. I looked down, and I saw it was the 10th. Well, in the profit world, first world, the 10th is an important day every month and also the 25th. And what that means is on the 10th and the 25th, are the bank transfer days. So with the bank transfer days, what we do is we have all of the, all the, there's a certain amount of income that is money that's in the income bank account. Because every time I get paid from a customer, everything goes into my income bank account. And then on the 10th and the 25th, I go ahead and split, uh, I take, I empty out the money from my income account, except for $100. I keep 100 bucks in there in that income account, just because I believe that's the minimum amount I need in that account. Um, I could put, I could probably do 50 in there, but a hundred is, it's just a good round number. So emptied out the, um, income account and put it into the profit owner pay, um, tax and operating expense accounts, uh, for the 10th, for the 10th. And so I kind of actually laughed at myself a little bit, uh, because here I was, Mr profit first professional. And I had forgotten about my, my 10th bank transfer day. Uh, what I did then is I went to my outlook calendar and I put a recurring appointment in there for the 10th and the 25th of the month with a repeating, you know, recurrence on there so that I'll get a reminder on every, every bank transfer day that I need to do my transfers. I don't usually forget, but it, it was just kind of comical that that I had forgotten in this instance. Um, so that's what happened. And then a little bit later today, um, I was listening to uh, a webinar. And one of the things, it was basically from ConvertKit, which is my email provider. Uh, and they talked about, you know, 10 different ways that you can add numbers to your list. Now, 
the funny thing about the email list is I remember when I first started my business, I had this um, naive thought that, hey, I'm a CPA. All I need to do is hang up a shingle and I'm going to have people flocking to me saying, hey, Damon, come hire me. Come hire me. And I had a rude awakening. And and I had this guy that um, I I don't remember exactly how how we met. Um, I think he may have been a friend of my my wife. Uh, but this guy came to me, and he, he I, I really have to give him credit for this, and I'll have to uh, reach out to him to, to thank him. But he introduced me to Glazer Kennedy Inner Circle, which was uh, a program. They had a monthly meeting where they talked about direct response marketing. And, and I remember some of the things I learned from some of those meetings was the importance of really being yourself in your marketing because part of the, the what you need to do is go through a no-like trust process with your, with your customers because people have to first know who you are before they can like you. Next, they'll have to like you before they can trust you. And until someone trusts you, they're not going to buy from you. Uh, And so part of this Dan Kennedy style direct marketing is how I based a lot of my initial marketing, you know, 11 years ago. I had a a monthly newsletter that I sent out uh, and I just felt like, hey, if I can just be myself and get people to know me, then eventually they'll like me and trust me. And it worked out pretty well. I remember, I want to say a year or so later, uh, I, I read a book and that book led me to a marketing group that was specifically targeted towards CPA firms at that time. And it was a very hefty investment. I want to say it was twenty thousand dollars for the year. I, I don't remember exactly. There was like, I don't know, maybe five or six, there, it was it was it was a it was for me at that time in my my career because I don't think I was even making a hundred thousand dollars in in top line revenue before all my expenses. Um, so in any event, this this com- this marketing company had this program, and I later found out that they were really targeting. CPA firms that were making 750,000 or more, which I wasn't quote unquote that, that, um, ideal customer. But at that time I was working with, uh, so I, I hired this marketing company and like I said, it was, it was a 12 month commitment and I had to pay a thousand dollars a month. And so I don't remember what the initial investment was. I'm pretty confident that it I don't know, ten, twelve thousand dollars or whatever. And I didn't really have the cash. And so of course I did what what every um, person does is they I put it on the credit card and carried balance for a while. Uh, remember, I was supposed to be good with money. And uh, so and it, it, this this marketing company was kind of in its infancy to a certain extent. It was a collaboration between a marketing guy and a CPA firm. 
that CPA firm had done about $2 million in annual revenue for quite a while. And so, so they were like, hey, you want to have the perfect CPA firm? Join up with us. Well, uh, it came to that the big bulk of the work that they did was design your website, um, and then you got access to a certain amount of information. And then on a monthly, you know, for $1,000 a month, I was supposed to get this marketing support. Well, what I found out is they did, they did not really have very good enough people to provide the ongoing marketing support. And I would uh, contact them as, you know, look, you know, this is what I need. Uh, and they wouldn't really deliver. And so about nine months into it, I was like, okay, I'm done with these guys. I realized I was in a 12-month contract. I probably could have uh, gotten out of it. I don't know. I, I didn't in, at that point. Um, but I remember when we were talking about the um, my initial marketing message, because I was very open back in those initial period I was you know sharing my 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 life with the world and all that and I remember that the marketing expert at that time said you know you're being way too open and 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 so he pushed me born towards being promoting myself as a corporate entity you know here I was a one person firm and I'm a you know this great corporate firm and what I realized is that just you know now that I've gotten back into more direct response marketing, I've, I'm reverting back to all that stuff that I had learned from Dan Kennedy. And that that initial marketing, you know, this expensive marketing company that I had hired kind of sidetracked me from being who I really was at that point. And so, um, which is easy to do because they're, and I don't, I don't suspect they were doing anything untoward at that time, but that's just the way they were doing that. And there's a lot of marketing companies out there that do work. Uh, however, it tends to be more brand-based awareness marketing, which th the problem with that type of marketing is it's really hard to uh, measure your return on investment. Whereas with direct response marketing, um, you're, you're, you've got some kind of advertisement or something and then there's a direct call to action associated with that uh, that marketing. So let's say I put a, an ad on Facebook and I had a call to action. It's like, hey, listen, if you want to get my free lead magnet, then uh, go to my website. And so ba basically I can say, okay, I spent 100 bucks and I got you know five opt-ins for that. And then one of those customers bought for me. I spent 100 bucks and that one customer was worth $2,000. There I've got a clear, direct return on investment for my marketing. And so I bring all that up to say that um, it's important to get educated on direct response marketing, especially as a small business owner, because direct response marketing is the only marketing that you can measure. And unless you can measure the marketing, there's no way you can determine return on investment. And one of the Super important things about business is measuring results. I remember another CPA colleague of mine, he told me that he, he, he said, if I can't measure what I'm doing, I won't even do it. Uh, and I think there's a lot of wisdom to that. So it's one of those things I've tried to take on myself. So overall, it was a good day. I did not get to my squeeze page yet.
and I didn't do my blog post. So uh, I'll have dinner tonight, and that's going to be what I'm going to end up working on tonight instead of watching TV. Um, so it's one of those things that I've got my regular CPA job work that I'm doing, um, working from you know 8 to, to 5, 5.30 each day. Uh, and then for me to build the ideal money life business, that's either got to be done before work or it's got to be done after work. And I'll get done when I get done and uh, proceed with that. Uh, with that, I am home and my stomach is grumbling quite a bit. So I'm going to say goodbye for today. Uh, and I will let you know what happens tomorrow. Have a great day. That does it for today's show. If you enjoyed the podcast, do two things for me, please. One, subscribe to the Ideal Money Life podcast. And two, tell one person about the show. This is a labor of love for me, and I want to get the message to as many people as possible. Thank you for listening. Ideal Money Life podcasts are for general information purposes only and do not create a CPA, tax advisor, investment, or other professional relationship. You should consult your professional advisors before you apply anything you've learned from this podcast. Remember the wise words of Benjamin Franklin, your net worth to the world is usually determined by what remains after your bad habits are subtracted from your good ones. Have a great day.